Because here's what it is. A public expression of what God is doing in the private corridors of our heart and our soul. So maybe like weeks ago, years ago, we've got saved, we gave our life over, we've committed our life over to Jesus, but maybe you're sitting here and you've never went public to say, you know what, I wanna acknowledge God before man. Like it's an amazing time that we come together and we just see, man, look what God's doing with all of these people that we just hear story after story, incredible miracle after incredible miracle. It's so cool just to see, God, you're still working, you're still alive, your story still unfolds. God's story is never going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Sometimes you just need some support. You just need some encouragement. It is Baptism Sunday. I don't know if the graphic gets you. I don't know if the, the video you just like, you know, just uh, fell asleep for about 30 seconds. But, but family, Grace, come on. It is Baptism Sunday. You don't, I mean, you don't even need... You don't even need any hype. You don't even need, need any encouragement. You just need reason to celebrate because you're going to have a lot of reason to celebrate whenever the people come up. Uh, we have at least like uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 people ju- just today. Uh, we've already had like 10-ish people at the first service. We've got a handful of people out at Seven Lakes that are just saying, you know what, it's, it's time at some point recently, a few years ago, months ago, that I gave my life to Jesus and God has been doing some amazing things in my heart, in my soul, in the private corridors of my heart, but I need to just get up on stage and just let my family know that I'm going public. I'm going to go declare the goodness of God. I'm going to go live out what he has commanded me to live. So when we get to Baptism Sunday, it's really just all that eagerness, all that excitement, all that love that you've built for this past week, and this is a chance to express it. Amen? It is so fun to do it together. It's so fun to be family and to really just to see out of every single message that you get inundated with during the week of the bad news, of the things that aren't going well, of the, the things that are being destroyed and cut down and hatred all across the nation and division happening and, and death right on our doorstep. Out of all that message, we need to come and not separate ourselves from it, but also know that there's another story unfolding. Come on, somebody. There's another life life that God is doing. There's another kingdom coming. There is an opportunity for heaven to come down. And it's not just happening inside the church. It's happening out in the streets and in the city. Come on, you catching this? And we just need room to celebrate that life change today. And that's exactly what Baptism Sunday is. And so let me just ask you a question. It's definitely not rhetorical, but I got one of those for you later on. Do you like new stuff? Like anybody like new stuff? Like, if you're, if you're so bold to raise up your hand, I might have something for you. Now I get a lot more participation. You're like, heck yes, let's give away time. It's not giveaway time. Uh, I just want to know if you just like new stuff. Because I don't know that there's a human being that's living and breathing that doesn't like new stuff. Now, let me clarify, because I know Christmas is coming, and this happens all too often. You give away old new stuff. 
Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You get something new, it's new to you, but it's been in the family for years. Like the old towel you think is a family heirloom, just throw it away, you know? The t-shirt that you want to give away, don't give that away, just throw it away. And so the idea is re-gifting happens often. You know, it's, a, it's that time of year, it's that language again, but at the same time, we, it just digs down into the depths of our soul to know that we want and we desire new things. And that's exactly what 2 Corinthians 5 says. You've probably heard this verse if you've been around the church or if if you've given your life over to Jesus. Probably someone has declared this truth over you before. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, say it with me now, he is a new creation. If, If you are in Christ, if your life is hidden with him, if you've given your life over, if you've surrendered all, if you've said, God, I give up, now you need to lead my life. You are in Christ. And if that's the case, the beauty of it is you are a new creation. The old, just to clarify, the old has passed away. The old can't stay. The old way of thinking, the old actions, the old plans, the old desires, all of those are gone and passed away. And behold, anytime you see this word behold, it's, it's not necessarily a neutral word. It's not something you can just say under your breath. You almost have to yell it. You got to get somebody's attention. Behold is something that shifts. What Once what was is now going to be. The old has passed away. And behold, I got something for you. If you weren't listening before, check this out. Like that's, that's kind of like behold. Behold, the old is gone, but there's a new creation. And it's all passed away, but now new life has come to you. Therefore, you're a new creation. I mean, it... So many times we get to Baptism Sunday a handful of times throughout the year and each and every time, each and every year, it's so exciting because we get to see on display what God's doing in people's lives and and we we feel unified, we feel connected, we feel like there is hope and we feel like we're just encouraged. But at the same time, we can't let that newness die down. Come on, you catching me? I want to speak to two, two people today. One who has been following Jesus for like years. You know, you've been, you've been in this for a long time. You've been doing church uh, since you can remember. You, you know the Bible and you, you've been a Christian for a long, long time. You've been following Jesus for 10, 20, 30 years. So I want to talk to you for a minute. But at the same time, I, I also want to talk to the people that are maybe on the brink of doing something new, like just giving their life over afresh today. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you've never actually taken that step of faith to say, God, I want to give you every single ounce of who I am, past, present, and future. It's all yours. I fully surrender. I'm not going to follow you. Either way, there's newness to that life. Now, if you, if you are a, uh, uh, in, the, in the second category in the, this, this particular quadrant to say, gosh, you know what, I, I don't know about the church, I don't, know, I don't know about Jesus, this is all new to me, but you may be on the brink of just giving your life to Jesus. You, you might be thinking, okay, I know a little bit of truth in here, I know John three sixteen. I know the purpose that God has, he's given us, us, his son, which is amazing, but I don't really know how it penetrates to my everyday. I want to live with him for eternity, but I just haven't gotten there yet. And maybe you have the, the, really just the limitation to think, I'm just not really, not really a good person yet. But when I get my life in order, that's the first thing I'll do. <laughs> Let me just crush that lie right now and say that is not how this goes. 
Jesus doesn't want you all put together. That's exactly what life does. It breaks you down, and that's exactly where he has you. Jesus says, listen, I love you for who you are, not what you can do. He accepts you right where you are, but he never leaves you there. Come on, somebody, you catching this? He accepts you right where you are. If you came in this place empty and broken and messed up, destroyed from your past, and you need some healing, God has hope for you because he is a powerful God. And there is hope yet again. So I just want to give you an invitation right now. We're doing Baptism Sunday. It's no coincidence that you're here. If you've never given your life over to Jesus, now is the time to do it. And all you have to do is, is whenever we start to do baptism, we start to do worship here in a few minutes, all you have to do is slip out of your seat and come right over here to my left, your right. There's going to be doors over here. There's people in there that are ready to talk with you, that would love to introduce themselves to you and just to start up that conversation that you want to give your life to Jesus. And then maybe you're here, you think, I don't know, I got a question. That's awesome, that's why we're here. We want to answer your questions. We're not here to try to, to try to boat you in. It's not an obligation, it's just an opportunity. The stage is set for you to declare to you and to God and everybody else, I'm going all in and I'm going public. And now you're thinking, I don't know, I'm, I'm dressed in my Sunday best, so I surely can't baptize in those. That's all right, we have clothes for you, right? We've got towels for you. And I can't mention all the other personal products that we have for you. So don't let anything, come on, get in the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't even, just don't even go there. I'm not going to go there, so you don't go there. Anyway, so, so don't let anything hold you back from being baptized today. And let me just say one more thing, and then I'm going to get to the, the, the second group. Don't let anything hold you back to following God. There are so many distractions here in the world. There's so many inconveniences to your day right now. I don't know, I don't know how many, but I, I bet you I can take a poll right now, is to find out who actually had difficulty coming to church today. You guys were on the brink of not coming. You were having difficulty family. You, you were driving here, but then all of a sudden the family just... Whoa, something broke loose in the car and you don't know what it was. And you were so tempted that you turn it back because you can't go to church like that. Well, I'm glad you did because that's exactly where you need to show up when things are not going well and when things are going well because we're family and God loves us unconditionally and never leaves us the same in Jesus' name. The second group is, is maybe you've been following Jesus for quite some time and you're thinking, man, this is so great, but it's... um. It's lost its luster. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had something new? I mean, maybe you can just rewind and you say, man, I remember the day. I just remember it like it was yesterday. I was in this baptism tank. It was amazing. Everyone was cheering for me. I had a whole bunch of people hugging on me. I remember the next day was even better because I picked up my Bible for the first time in a long time. And I opened it up and this thing was alive and it was feeding my soul. And, and then I figured, hey, why don't I try praying? So I did that too. And then all of a sudden answered prayers. I felt like God was like face to face, like Moses and Jesus was like right here in my life and you, you just walk through and maybe, maybe you had some complications, maybe you had some disappointments, maybe you had some failures and then all of a sudden years gone by, months turned into seasons, seasons turns into years, years turned into five to ten and then here you are, you're still coming to church but you haven't really met with God in a long time. You don't feel his presence, the Bible is dead, your prayer life is non-existent, you feel like the grace of God isn't even existent anymore. You don't really even know why you mustered up the courage to come, but it's just tradition and you just do it. You've been cutting into religion instead of relationship, a life-giving, amazing, freedom, amazing relationship with a God that you know little about now. Isn't it time that we stir up 
that we just muster up a little bit of what God gave us in the past and start doing that afresh today. I mean, the thing that gets in our way, no matter if, if you are new to this or if you've been doing this for years, is unfortunately we get limited by, by this thing called sin. We get, we get taken aback by our failures. We, we find out we're just not qualified to do this. We get into a marriage and we think, I, I have no idea how to lead you because I'm not, I'm not being led myself. I have no idea what grace and love looks like to pour out to my kids and my friends and family whenever they make mistakes because I've never really fully received what God gives me when I make mistakes. Wherever you are today, there is, there is hope. There is a plan that God has and is literally put right before your eyes inside of the scriptures so that you can open them up and God can unveil them to you to say, this is the truth. This is the way. Now walk in it. You've got two things right before you, life and death. Jesus says, choose life. Every single time, choose, choose life. And then Paul gets into this conversation with his church, you know, a lot like this. And he says, listen, I know sin is among you. I know difficulty is there. I know you're having a hard time. I know that there's hopeless situations. I know you're fragile. I know you're weak. I know about your past. But listen, where sin has been Wrecking your life, grace, God's grace is powerful and it's personal and it's in abundance. It is so sufficient for you. Can I just tell you that? I, I wish I could sit down with every single one of you and say, God's grace is sufficient for anything you're going through. I promise you it is. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what Paul says. It is sufficient because God is sufficient. But then he gets into this conversation where he goes back and forth. He said, sin is going to destroy your life, but, but don't worry because God's grace is there. If you, if you unfortunately accidentally fall into sin, if you have those failures, that's okay because God's grace is sufficient enough. And so then he asks this rhetorical question. He goes, okay, what shall we say then in Romans 6? What shall we say to this conundrum that we're in? Are we to continue in our sins so that grace may abound? Should I dabble in more evil so that I can actually see more of goodness of God? Come on, you catching this? And Paul says, no, 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 that's a rhetorical question, but let me answer it. No way, there's my no means, is that what I'm saying? But there is a link between your neediness, your brokenness, and the goodness of God. Come on, you catching this? There, there, is, there is a depth where you come into church, where you come into the presence of God whenever you come into just reading and, and prayer in a relationship with God, there is dependence on how much you get out of it, on how much you bring. Because if you, if you plan only to bring a little bit of your life and give that to God, you only have access to a little bit of what God's offering. Come on, you catching this? That's why he says, if you hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give your life away, then you'll find it. So I don't care what you're struggling with, know this. Know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Anybody want newness of life? That wasn't rhetorical. Anybody want newness of life? Any, any section over here, you want newness of life? What about this section over here, newness of life? It's not like I'm giving them out. God is, and it's contingent on how much we need them. Come on, you catching this? So if, if, you're, if you're just going to stand back and be complacent and you're going to sit down on the sidelines, you're probably not going to access too many of God's grace and his blessings because God's asking us to go all in and to get involved and get our hands dirty. 
with the grace of God. And it starts with this particular idea. We have to know what baptism, we have to know what death does, we have to know what sin does. Because in verse five, he says, we have all been united with him in a death like his. We shall certainly be united with the resurrection like his. We know that our old self has been crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. The one who has died has been set free. Anybody want to be set free? The one who has died has been set free. Anybody want to be set free? Verse 7 uh, sorry, verse 8, now if we have been died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. And we know that Christ, who was raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Isn't that good news? For the death he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Can I read that again? You also must consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God. If you're dead to sin, it's not attractive to you anymore. If you've given your life over to God, that really, that, that's, that sin, that thing that we struggle with, that addiction, that thing that is destroying our soul and our life isn't have any hold on us. We can have the power to say no and walk away from it only if we are in Jesus. If we want to, we really can if we give it over to him. But that is contingent on how much he is given access to God wants it all because he wants you to experience the life, all life that he has given. No matter what it is, he wants life, newness of life to be found in you. And that's why we do baptism. We, we have this illustration, this physical representation. Whenever you see people go underwater, it's the representation of Jesus going down into the grave. When you see people come up out of the water, you see Jesus come up out of the grave. When you see death go under, sin and old life is there. When you see people come up, why we celebrate is because today is a milestone. Today is a declaration of a new life, of a birth date, and we celebrate new days just like that. So if you're here and you think, I need a birthday, I need a new start, I need something new, I need some newness of God, maybe if you've never given your life to God, if you've never been baptized, maybe today's your day and I would encourage you at some point in time, just get up out of your seat, be bold, and go talk with someone. Or maybe you've just been doing this a long time and you've been baptized and you've, you've gone through and you've given your life over, but you've just lost that pep in your step. You lost that purity. You lost that passion. And you want newness. The newness comes whenever we read the word and we have a renewed mind. He reshapes the way we think so that our souls can be transformed. So that we can actually have new stuff. Not around us, but the new stuff in us. So that we can be declared a new creation in Jesus' name.